Yes, it's Whataboust, a celebration of Reeves and Mortimer. Please welcome your hosts for this podcast, MJ Price and Paula Wiseman. Hello and welcome to Quad a Boast, a new podcast dedicated to the work and genius of Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. My name is Matt, previously of the long-running radio show The MJ Price Moment and founder of the Reeves and More of Curious Stuff Facebook group. And I am Paula Wiseman, broadcaster and creator of the Divine Comedians podcast. Joining us for this first ever edition of the podcast, an actor who has appeared in countless films and TV shows, including Game of Ruddy Thrones and Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, plus, more importantly, my two boys' favourite show, the Oliver Twist prequel Dodger. He has also been a Vic and Bob cohort in several of their TV shows over the years, which we will attempt to get through during the course of this interview. Please enter the Novelty Island paddock, Mr. Tony Way. Hey. Hello. Hi, Hello. Tony. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us, Tony. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, uh, uh, have you with us today. The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. So should we maybe start off by talking about your, your journey? So, I mean, how did the acting thing begin for you? I know you were part of a sort of, you were making comedy videos and stuff in, in, yeah. your, in your late teens. I mean, we weren't, I don't think, like, as an actor, you say acting career, how did I, my journey wouldn't have started without um, a Jim and Bob, really. That's it. That is, they are, I mean, alongside Charlie Higson, I think we, I probably wouldn't have done it at all, I don't think. Um I mean, there's a long and short version of the story. The short version is they sort of basically let me even realise that it's possible possible to do this as a job, um, which I didn't really think was it was a possibility. I don't think most people think that you can be on the telly, do they? I don't. Think, I mean, everyone is now, but you know, I don't think people really think it unless you're sort of from that world um or you know someone who's even been close to even working in telly you don't have a clue and i i did certainly didn't i was a big fan um but thanks to to reek my my good mate reese thomas he got us sort of in there with uh with jim and bob and charlie and and paul and and into straight like into the heart of the sort of most exciting bit of the british comedy industry at that point in the 90s so uh, literally we were in sixth form um making little comedy videos not i didn't have a any kind of ambition to do it as a job or i didn't know you could do it as a job as i said and then before without us knowing our reese had gone off and shown our videos to bob mortimer um he didn't just know him by the way it's like literally none of us had no in with tv whatsoever we knew no one so this um, is yourself and Reese and Steve Reece Thomas, Burge. Steve Burge, who's now uh, got is a big comedy writer. He's got a big show coming out on Apple soon, um, and a couple of other friends, Glyn, uh, my friend Glyn, and my friend Steve Holbrook. We're all in a little comedy group together. Mm-hmm. Um, they still write stuff for us now and again. Like you see, Steve uh, Holbrook is like Bram Pern's guitarist. He's a very good guitarist, and oh wow, like, uh, Glyn occasionally writes jokes for us, and he always turns up in things still. So we're all still close. Um, but we were just doing that for fun, as far as I was concerned. And then Reese phoned up um, Channel X Productions, which was the, they made everything Vic and Bob at that point uh, in the nineties, and asked for tickets to see Shooting Stars. 
um <laughs> and they said no that's not you have to phone um like the box office or something and he went all oh, right okay uh and then just as they're about to hang up he said have you got any work experience and the woman that answered the phone lisa thomas she's now a huge agent actually a big comedy agent mm. and she ended up being our agent for a little bit at the beginning said uh oh well, let me check yeah we do actually you can come and you don't get paid but you can come and do two weeks work experience and he sort of said what on and then yeah shooting stars you can get a, you're going to be a runner on shooting stars which is our favorite show so that was already exciting that was exciting enough he got us tickets to go and see shooting stars that was it as far as i was concerned i'd made it <laughs> and then i mean how long how boring and long do you want me to go into this <laughs> i mean um, that's the thing bob has a real eye doesn't he for spotting yeah, he does people. i mean if you met reese then and now you'd go well you'd understand what bob saw like reese is so full of energy and ideas mm. and yeah he's a powerhouse and you were talking about dodger earlier like dodger is an idea he's had for a long time i would have given up on it ages ago <laughs> like, i've got no staying power for that sort of thing but he's pitched he knew it was a good idea and he pitched it and pitched it and in the end he sort of by sort of force of his own will makes these things happen and he's normally proved right you know like it's normally pretty good yeah. But so Bob met that a sort of seventeen-year-old version of that, so he's even more excited and cocky. Um, and he, yeah, he re showed him our videos, and um, and then Charlie saw them as well because Charlie Hickson was, uh, I think, script editor on that series of Shooting Stars. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Paul had done it before, and then uh, Charlie's a bit more critical. Paul, I think, would just go, "Hey, it's funny or it's yeah. rubbish." Charlie would be a bit more kind of. He'd say it nicely. He'd still just say it's good or bad. But um, but he then said, what are you doing next, Reese? Do you want to do some more work? And he said, we're starting series three of Shooting Stars. Would you like to come and be the sort of main, one of the main runners on that? Wow. And gave him a part in, uh, like as, a, as a sort of extra in loads of sketches. Mm. Whenever they needed a young man, they didn't know any young men. Uh, especially out, out like we were that children basically we could have played anything from twelve <laughs> up at that point. We're so fresh faced when I watched the videos back. But um was he a so, naughty boy? Yes, he, yes he was a naughty boy. And um yeah, it was loads of little things like that in the background. And then they said um, he also had his own sort of regular part as Swiss Tony's yes um sort of uh, apprentice yeah Paul. Um yeah. and then as this was all going on, I think Reese became Sort of as he he was a runner to start with, but he sort of they realised there was something about him, and he was funny, and they got they became his mate, basically they became mates. But they he sort of one day Charlie apparently said to him, um, "Your friends, I've seen the video. Are they any good? Are they actually any good? Can they be trusted?" And he said, "Well, you've seen the videos, like they're funny." So he said, "Well, we need someone to play like an oasisy kind of cocky band in a indie club sketch. Oh, yeah. And if they're in for the day, they can be." We need some party guests in another sketch. And, you know, so we all rocked up to Television Centre and um, for the day, though it was not in front of a studio, that stuff, it was pre-record. And as far as I was concerned, it was like a lovely day out. And um, it was amazing. It was great fun, but it was like a fun day out. And then the next day I got a little call saying, uh, do you want to come back and do some more stuff? And it was a shoot, a shoot you, sir, sketch. And it was proper that time. It was like, you used to come in on the Monday. We rehearse all week for the studio record. Um, there's a place called the Drill Hall off Tottenham Court. Mm. It's famous. Yeah, it's very now, famous. It's now, but it's also like they record loads of radio shows there. And I think it's the RADA studio now. I think. But we were rehearsing there. I had no idea it was an important place to be. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
but I spent the week. So how old you, would you have been then, Tony? So let me think. That would have been ninety-eight, so seventeen, I think, wow. seventeen or eighteen. I'm so bad with dates. Um, <laughs> it was in ninety-seven. It was that time, late ninety-seven, early ninety-eight. But it was so mental that, like, it was so crazy that we did that. I did that rehearsal day and then did that Friday. We recorded in front of an audience. And because I'd been, Rita was a runner, I got to hang out around as well and sort of mm. get the feel of it. And, sh- and weirdly, Shooting Stars was still shooting next door, the next series. Um, there was all this stuff going. It was yeah, genuinely like I'd been dropped in the middle of sort of Britpop comedy in the 90s. It was very exciting. Um, and got to, yeah, got to record. I decided that was the job I wanted to do then. I, I think, think there were all, re- there was a lot of lot of different shows recording in neighbouring studios, weren't there? I mm, think. That yeah, that well, that literally, that first recorded night. And I, I think I went to every record I could, mm. even if I wasn't in it. But there were, like, literally that run, there was, uh, I think it was, it was Shooting Stars, Fast Show, I'm Alan Partridge. And there was a panel show on, probably Buzzcocks or yeah. one of those. And I think like Top of the Pops was one every week and Jules Holland was on there every week. So oh it's just so much yeah. stuff happening, like really, and all of it at its prime. So it was first series of Iron Man and Partridge. What is this new thing? Like we, <laughs> I, had, I had a snoop around and I was like, the audience can't see the set. Like what's going on? It was this, but at the heart of it, I think weirdly it was Vic and Bob coming back to this point of the podcast. Because, yeah. <laughs> like they worked with everyone, everyone there. They'd been on top of the pops. They'd yeah, like, yeah. As performers and presenters, like yeah, they're all over the fast show as writers and friends and back and forth. It was a real and and that's also I think that they'd had some of Coogan had done some of his earlier stuff on. Yes, he's been in the love. Yeah, so of it was course, Paul real... and Charlie go right back to big night exactly. Yeah. And so that, there was this whole like the the green rooms were people just coming in and out, and I was there as this sort of young. I was still excited that they gave you free beer. Like there's free beer. <laughs> no ID <laughs> check-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I must have been just 18. I don't think that, yeah. I don't want to get them in trouble. But um, <laughs> it was just, yeah. So basically, that, my journey with Vic and Bob starts there, um, with Jim and Bob. Uh, and yeah, like I say, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for that, I don't think. I, yeah. I, I'll give Reese's due as well. Because so like, if it wasn't for Jim, Bob, Charlie, Paul, and Reese. Mm. I wouldn't. Yeah. Have, I wouldn't have even thought of it. Yeah, but you're obviously yeah. you're obviously a comedy fan. Do you know what I mean? Or you wouldn't have started mm. making these videos. So I mean, sort of going back in time, who would have been your comedy heroes? Uh, Vic up? and Bob. Vic and Bob massively, and Harry Enfield. So yeah, by yeah. sort of extend of, uh, extending from that, Charlie and Paul. Um, I loved uh, growing up. I really loved the young ones. I think everyone oh. who was even but over the age of five. Yeah, around that time, who had any kind of sense of humour, knew that the young ones were something very special. I was probably too young to watch it, but I think everyone says that. My little sister was definitely too young to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> she, said, she was like five, and she's the head butt people because she loved Vivian. She's a Vivian she fan, yeah. Vivian's the toddler, right? Um, but, uh, so yeah, there was, uh, I mean, I loved, I pretty much loved all comedy, and it, I was, on, uh, depending on what age you're talking about here, well, Younger, it... I, I wasn't fussy. Anything that was comedy that was on, I was watching it. And I don't. Mm. I never would have said I'm a comedy fan. I, I think I didn't really define it that way until later. But, oh, yeah, no, I do watch far too Yeah, much you kind of like what and you like, was, don't you? You know what I mean? You... Loads of it was rubbish. That, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would watch any sitcom. Yeah. It's a comedy. I'm watching it. It's, if you're I, a child I, of the 80s, like I was, mm. uh, 
and people forget you had three, four channels eventually. And so, yes, yeah. you had the young ones and the comic strip. We also sat through Little and Large and Russ Abbott's Madhouse. Well, and, also, and Cannon and Ball. Yeah. And it's not just three or four channels. The young ones on the comic strip are only on six weeks of the year. Yeah. Uh, and so it's that very sparse yeah. round between. Um, and because nothing was like those, it was sort of, you didn't know. It was Also, I think there was a strong, when I was in my teenage, I think there was a big, really good repeat of uh, Monty Python on BBC yeah. Two at some point in the 90s, maybe the late yeah. 80s. And it was, that was fantastic. Because I knew about Python a bit and I knew the movies and I knew the, some of the songs from like my dad's record collection and stuff. But to see the TV show, not just sort of clips of it, yeah. was what I think influential. You can definitely see the influences on the things I liked though as well. I mean, I thought about 89 because that, like, that's when um, the, the anniversary of the start of Python, right. 30 years which would have been about the same time as Vic and Bob appeared. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Formative. Yes. It's funny how those things come around, but uh, there was a very similar thing with the Beatles in the mm. early nineties that it was like everyone, I think this happens every 10 years. Mm. Every teenager thinks they've discovered the Beatles yeah. and no one else knows about them. Um, yeah. I think the same thing happens with Python and probably Vic and Bob as the years go on. That one Yeah. Happens. I mean, comedy I found is, it, it seems to be very generational. You know, you mm. kind of, you're watching stuff in your, you know, your your teens and stuff, and your parents are like, "What is? What are you watching? This is this is <laughs> yeah. horrific." Even Big Night Out, my yeah. parents, my parents were like, "What? What are they doing? It just doesn't. It didn't Weirdly, make any sense to that older generation." I've got quite. My parents are quite young, you know, sort of compared to my age. Hmm. So they put me onto Big Night Out. I didn't no see way. it to start with. Wow! But they would always every Friday night have a few drinks, and I would go out somewhere. Like, I might like to scouts or cubs or some <laughs> like thing, like I, I could play. Like, what, not a, what do you call it? Like a sort of youth club or something. Yeah. I'd be out for yeah. a bit, yeah. and I go, "What?" I didn't know what it was, and they would sort of start saying the catchphrases, and then wow. I started watching it and went, "Oh, this is brilliant!" So it's quite odd. I got my parents were big comedy fans too, so they were huge fans of uh, Friday Night Live, and they were big fans of the young ones too. Because also there was Mum Telly, so if if they didn't like it, yeah. it wasn't going to be what. Yeah, yeah watching yeah. it anyway yeah I, I might have been able to record it but that's the other thing all of these things are recorded because it was the 80s as well so they're all got mass rewatches. um you weren't just waiting for repeats we recorded everything uh in our house so um yeah yeah but it is it, it's, it's generational i think that there was a tipping over point where my dad sort of i used to watch loads of my dad my dad didn't i think garth Marenghi might be the, like, the mm. first real thing where my dad was like mm, not, <laughs> oh wow really, like he liked it, but it was like he didn't really get that thing of well, why why it's bad on purpose. I get it. Yeah, he didn't right. see any de- see it any deeper than that. Whereas I absolutely loved it, but I also had to you know you, you start to I was well in the business by then, so it all gets becomes a bit mm. jaded and different when you, <laughs> you get to know. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my dad why this show is so brilliant. But yeah, so you fell in love with uh, Big Night Out from from the off then. First time I saw it, I didn't know what was going on at all. Um, no. And it doesn't. I don't feel like I've got this weird moment where I really remember watching it. I think mm. I just drifted in to it one night. Like I, I sort of was allowed. What year are we talking? Ninety. Nineteen ninety series one. Yeah. So I was like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. No, twelve. Yeah. So um, I probably was being allowed to sort of just hang out and watch Friday night. Yeah, it was always a big night in our house. Friday night. So they, the TV shows. Were things like that. They were like music programs and big live shows, but always the alternative. It wouldn't have been like yeah. 
I don't know, whatever was on BBC One. Channel 4 was always good. Channel 4, it would have been, yeah, the tube and stuff like that was always on in our house. Uh, the young ones. You had absolutely yeah. you had the American sitcoms like Roseanne and Cheers on a Friday night that as big well. Big fans Golden of Roseanne Girls. and Cheers, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was and yeah, you get some sweets and some fizzy pop and yeah, ever excited <laughs> and watch all of that. And hopefully, your mum and dad don't have to drink so that Rose you're still awake. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it started raining. I'm not. I'm not uh, ignoring you. It just really started raining. <laughs> I mean, we sent it over from here. It was absolutely chucking down earlier, so it's obviously. Yeah, come it over. Been, yeah, we've had the works today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we move forward to when you're working with Vic and Bob, the first, according to um, ITMB, um, the first um, work that Reese, at least, and Steve did with Vic and Bob is "It's Ulrika," which is yeah. a very strange show from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I was. don't know if it works or not. Hit and miss, I believe, is the phrase. It's like a sort of twisted, like, you know how in the 70s and the 60s they used to give everyone a TV show? Yeah, it's Lulu. Yeah, it's like that, (laughs) but like a really weird, twisted version of that. And obviously, Eureka's not a singer, so there's no, you can't hang out on that. So, yeah. But she's a pretty good comedy performer. I mean, there was some good stuff in that. The stuff that um, Steve and Reese did was actually our stuff. Mm. It was these characters that me and Reese had done with Steve for a long time. Well, I say a long time, it was probably a year at that point, but even been yeah. in business, like even. Um, and obviously, you need it was always two people bullying or not really understanding. They went for more for the bullying and that than, yes. than not understanding. It's, it's, yeah, vicious um, to watch that dancing. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it we got milder, but as we sort of cultivated that character a bit more, we sort of made it less like that. We kind of grew up a bit and. But yeah, but because they it's supposed to be two people, you know, with the sun, I was unneeded as a performer. (laughs) Also, who am I? Who am I? I'm no. But we got a writing fee, so um, we got paid for the sketches for writing them. Reese and Steve went and performed them, Marika, and then uh, we, um, as we were, I seem to remember now. This is how like unprofessional we were. We were about to go into a dodgy nightclub in Essex. For one of the nights, because there's the only the only nightclubs that were in Essex that point were dodgy. And uh, Glyn turned to Steve Burge and said, "Oh, so Reese has given Tony the writing money, his half of his writing money. Are you going to give me half of yours?" He went, "Yeah, yeah, I've got it for you." And as we're about to go past the bouncer, we gave him this envelope with the governor written on it, with like four hundred quid in it, cash. And he went, oh, "This is the worst." Point, you could have handed me a load of cash just to like, <laughs> go into a dodgy Essex nightclub. Um, but yeah, that's how sort of how we didn't know what we were doing. We were kind of paying each other cash for yeah. um, <laughs> writing services. But yeah, so but we were. I went to the records of that, and it was they sort of let me be involved and in, in that. But um, it's quite a good cast. That I don't mm. know when you last watched it, but I think Matt and Dave are in it. And I think it's one of Dave Walliams' earliest performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he... what a great learning right, curve, yeah. though. Do you know what I mean? To... Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's to be around at that time and then be involved in all these different projects. It's... I must also give a big like shout out to Channel X Productions, Alan, Mark, and Jim Reed, who really took us under their wing because they were they kind of they were they just sort of saw something in us, and I don't think we paid it back to them necessarily. <laughs> they sort of invested in us emotionally and and financially and. I don't know if they ever saw the... I think we we all moved on from that one, but they were really <laughs> early champions. They used to give us so much work and say, come and do this, and 
they, literally that first year we were i think we had done from it was in within the space of a year we of me of reese getting that runner's job we'd done the fast show done bang bang it's reeves and mortimer on location we'd gone to edinburgh and we were about to film studio for bang bang it's reeves and, mm. and like from literally just sitting in a six form common room not knowing what you're going to do with the do my a levels to that was sort of crazy yeah you know I, it's all a bit of a blur in my memory because it was i think a bit of a blur you've just sort of been i didn't there's no plan or i didn't know what yeah well say it all happened so quickly do you know what i mean it was all happening so fast you don't have time to to post what's happening i I tell you what all that has done for me though is made me not be nervous around really famous people at all because Mm. i couldn't have had bigger heroes than dick and bob and paul and charlie and all the people we met and i just sort of got dropped in with them chat and they just all chat and they're you know they're all lovely you know they're just normal people yeah once you've got over that you don't at that age you're kind of Ah, Tom Cruise and, you know, <laughs> and all these people I've met since you go we're not quite like shrug it off but nothing will ever be as sort of weird as that first few times yeah. you know? <laughs> since you bought up Bang Bang mm. it's reason Mortimer let's uh, test those memory banks <laughs> further uh, back in 1999 right um, okay we start with your location shooting which I believe would have been as a member of Mandate yes the boy band right? I can't remember what season Eastbourne, something like that. Um, sure. That would have been in '98, yeah. I think. We actually filmed that. Right, right. It was a big old gap. Yeah. We it was filmed, and then there was a huge gap before they did the studio. I think they had to write it because um, mm. we did a whole Edinburgh run in between. Um, right. But it was amazing. Like I'd never done proper. We'd done no. We'd just done barking. Have we done barking yet? I get so confused which way around these things happen. But a lot happened in that first year. So we'd done some location, but we'd never been away. I'd never been away filming before. And that's right. a real rite of passage. It was only a couple of days. It, I think it was Eastbourne or Bournemouth, somewhere like that, in a big fancy hotel. And uh, with Mike Wattam, the Boots yes. for Baby fella, uh, yes. and me and Reese and and, uh, and Steve. Great fun. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Me and Steve had no idea. Reese always had a slight more idea. I think the first sketch we ever filmed on Barking, Steve, because we, we used to improvise. Steve threw himself on the floor. Yeah. And me and Reese thought it was hilarious. And he stood up and <laughs> no one was laughing. And they went, and the first they did, she went, right, okay. He got on his mic, walkie talkie, went, we need we need a 20 minute break. Uh, Steve has covered himself in mud. We need, we've not. <laughs> but we were still acting like we were mucking about. So when we got down there, I think we made an effort to be more professional. But I think we got drunk quite quickly. <laughs> We were in a hotel and there was a bar and we had a little bit of money. I seem to remember Mike Wattam doing a bit. We all went back to mine and Reese's, me and Reese were sharing a hotel room. He came back, we all came back from like a nightcap and him doing a bit about there not being a Gideon's Bible in the bedside <laughs> cupboard. He was very funny, but he went too far and I think he ended up destroying Reese's bed and then just sort of going, night lads and leaving. And then Reese just sort of went, my bed. I'm going to sleep in my bed. It was this sort of mad... I don't know what happened to Watson. He appears to have disappeared uh, off the face yeah. of the I mean, that was the, the only time I saw him, I think. Yeah, yeah I might have bumped into him again since. I think he, he was in touch with, with uh, Charlie Chuck um, still. All oh, right. Um, who I've met since, who's a lovely man. But yeah, um, yeah I know. I know the. I don't know where he is. I'm sure he's out there somewhere doing something. He used yeah. to turn up, didn't he, every couple of years in something. Um, yeah. 
He's there since right since like, the big night out pilot, I believe. Might yeah, be he's a lovely roles. bloke. Yeah. yeah, lovely man. Um, but I mean, they ha- they're really good at choosing people like that. Mm. Yeah. They're good at picking people and giving them a go, but they let you go. Like they can't, they don't give you. A, there's no job for life. I think Charlie once said to Reese, um, "Like we'll, we'll just let you, you know, go and see what you can do for a minute." And, you know, because yeah. you could just be given work by them forever. But I don't think that that's good for your career or good for you as a as a. I mean, I'd happily have <laughs> taken yeah. that work, but they're quite good at giving you a go and then like saying, "Now let's see, go off and see." What you yeah. Can do. Well, and you become too yeah. expensive for them. Really. Yeah, I suppose a bit like you know Matt Lucas was doing Bernard Chumley. Mm. I think that's when where Bob saw him first doing that. You know, did you see that? Did you ever see that live? Yeah, in- in- incredible. He was absolutely way beyond his years. Mm. Way beyond his years. Um, I saw him make people like genuinely nearly faint. <laughs> One of the <laughs> roughest pubs in in South End in Essex. We went along. And this is not even a comedy club. What and is this? It's literally a dance floor, and people <laughs> stood around on the dance floor, and he came into the middle. Um, he tells this story about it, and I, I think it might have been that night we were there, where I think he made a bloke even wet himself or something. <laughs> he used to come out. What's the swearing policy on this? You yeah. can say whatever you like, Tony. In this place in Essex, and you're expecting Jimmy Jones sort of comedy, and yeah. out comes Matt Lucas, like, dressed as Bernard Chumley. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, he used to do a th- I can't remember which one of these two things it was either, it was a bit where suddenly he would just take his wig off and put it back on again yeah that used to make people scream with laughter and there's another thing where he used to come out and say um, I'm a cunt I'm a cunt <laughs> oh, I'm a cunt I'm a terrible cunt yeah. he was genuinely amazing like uh, I think yeah match made in heaven when uh, when Jim and Bob found him yeah um, but yeah they're good at finding people like we say like Matt um, they had Steve Coogan on as the man from Go West, was like the Go West. Yeah, <laughs> like, all these, all these people are all like, and Mark Williams, and all these people that went on to be in yeah. the Far Show, Simon Day. They, they know how to pick them. I think they genuinely just like finding people they find funny. Yeah, not enough. Not enough people do that. A lot of people are always trying to search for a certain thing, or they just go, no, that that this bloke's nuts, and they're funny, like Charlie Chuck as well. Like, yeah, well, they carried on doing it. Do Dan Skinner and Vaughan. Yeah, Dan in, um... Skinner of Vaughan. Yeah, Dan, especially. Um, Dan's, br- I mean, Dan had a career. He, he, that's a funny because Dan had been around for a while. He, mm. he doing, that gave that character a huge like platform. Yeah. And he's, yeah, I saw Dan the other day. He's, he's, he's just touring. He's touring Angelos now, and he's still successful. Yeah. But that's a solid character he had there. That, that was something he'd been doing for years. Yeah, that always helps <laughs> if you've yeah, got yeah, yeah. If you go to them fully formed like that. Yeah, your other uh, appearance on. On Bang Bang is probably one of my favourite Bick and Bob moments of all time. Is the, uh, the dancer in that uh, sniff you song? It's a phenomenal performance by yourself <laughs> <laughs> because you, you, you see, you acknowledge they're there, but you're not looking yeah. at them as if anything strange is um, going on. It's just like, it's just, any, did they give any instruction on that? Yeah, I was going to say, Bob gave me a little bit of direction. Bob's always good with direction, but he always gives you direction. Whether he's good with it or not, I don't know. Just as you're about to go on. They said, you know, you're a bit fey and a bit coy and that, but you know, you're a, you're right. a 70s gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, right, okay, I'll do that then. So what does that look like in a script when it turns up? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I don't, yeah, it just is written. They write exactly what happens. Yeah. Sometimes there's a drawing. Um, yeah, that was, that's the, that, that and um, this Niffy song does come back around a lot. It's a good bit, isn't it? It's a good, it's great. Line. And the costume it's, makes it. 
Yeah, that's June <laughs> Nevin, I think. June Nevin did the no, maybe June Nevin was later. It's, yeah, they've always got good costume people, yeah. makeup people, Jim and Bob, but they love working for them because they get to do stuff that they'd never do normally. Lloyd Grossman's head and all this <laughs> mad stuff. You know, it's exciting. Yeah, not just another moustache and another sort of you know fun. I know Bob loves a comedy wig, doesn't he? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. loves a wig. <laughs> he loves a wig. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you end up with a rocket up your ass and sent to the stars. Yeah, at the end. yeah. yeah. There, there was other stuff we filmed though that never saw the light of day that I'd love to see. There was oh, really? a whole thing that was um, a whole sketch that was called the Lord Mayor's Parade Trumpet Competition that was all done in studio. Oh, wow. I don't know whatever happened. That's like a lost sketch. It was insane. It went on for ages. Yeah. I was playing a sort of Dickensian character at the beginning of it. It became a song, I think. Sort of going, well, I wanted a Lord Mayor's Parade. And then there was a, there was a man with really long... I think Steve Burge might have had really long arms and really long <laughs> legs. And there was this really old man who could talk playing a mayor. God knows how that went. I think it ended up being a song. But that's right. just gone. Cut. I didn't know things got cut at that point. And then I watched it and go, where's that gone? That was good, that. Yeah, it's in someone's attic. It'll be owned by someone. If anyone, fifty years time, someone will find it in their attic. You know. Well, this was down to to Jim and Bob or the BBC. They never really did extras on their DVDs, so there was never any deleted scenes or anything. I'd love to see that. It'll be there somewhere, maybe in Channel X's lockup somewhere. Yeah. Um, And there was another sketch that was I was in that was uh, Jim was being a doctor. Uh, Bob had a headache, and Jim said, "I'm a doctor." It was like a real (laughs) good desk bit, you know. Yeah. I think it basically ended up sort of saying he's got it's because he had a massive nose. And then like the punchline was I was next in the queue and I had this huge false nose on. <laughs> I had more for a whole day. I've got pictures of it. And every now and again I look at it and go, What the fuck was that for? Like, oh, yeah, it was that sketch that never happened. Yeah. But we hung around was. it. Like Bang Bang was like we really hung around. <laughs> yeah. Reese yeah. wasn't a runner anymore. He was a homunculus in the yeah. discourse. <laughs> Um, so he was always there and we would just go and hang out all day and there'd always be a little there'd often be a little bit for us to do it was fantastic absolutely fantastic we loved it and yeah it was it was such good fun i mean it's compared to smell it wasn't a massive cast it was yourselves and um charlie and marwenna yeah yeah and Matt was Matt That's true, band, actually. Sure. Yeah, I think well, all of the cast had gone on, got their own shows at that point, hadn't they? I think it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is. I think the biggest cast is probably yeah, probably the the stuff, the club, isn't it? That's where it gets a bit. Yes. But yeah. In studio, no, it was very sparse. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, but they were good times. And you yeah. appeared in two thousand in uh, the first series of Randall Hopkirk deceased. Oh yeah, as Charlie. second Hammer of God. Yeah, Charlie got us in. It was me. Can't remember which which foot hammer was first, but it was Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg's head hammer, uh, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then there's Reese and I and uh, Guy Pratt. Oh right. Yeah. So whose dad was in the original? Random yes. Because he's now you know he's a famous bass guitarist guy. He's in mm. every band. Oh, yeah, Brian yeah. Ferry's bass player. Is he right? Okay, yeah, mm. and, he's, and he's Pink Floyd's for a bit as well. Oh, he's he's worked with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that was interesting. Yeah, as my first, uh, this became a theme. My first on-screen death uh, by I, Arrow, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I've now died in everything. I die every everything. You're shot by oh, what's the actress called? Um, she was she was the dentist in the Only Fools and Horses episode Fatal Extraction. I can't think of the name. A, I've died so many times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So many <laughs> no, you're right. It was her, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've died so many times. It's my thing. Yeah, 
I mean, do they give you any leeway with, you know, when you're when you're doing these parts? Is there any kind of leeway in what you're doing? Do you do they give you a little uh, bit of freedom from, or is it kind from, of this is our vision and this is what we, we want you to uh, do? I think there's definitely leeway. Like, mm. It depends what the part is. Some things you have to like a lot of those parts are so small and, you know, they're, they're getting you somewhere. But like what I did as the man with the rocket up his ass, like <laughs> if I just turned up and did a dance. They knew, I knew they knew we had to get from here to there, from there yeah. to there, and they were going to do their thing. And then I kind of just sort of <laughs> did what I wanted to do. And then they told me whether that's right or wrong. But yeah, pretty much. Like they want people to come and be funny. Yeah. Um, or yeah. they want people to come and be dead straight, which in that case, you know, you kind yeah. of get the gist which way they want you to go with it. Yeah. Like, well, they obviously yeah. chose you for your skill set. Do you know what I mean? They've, I mean, se- they've seen something in yeah. you, and, you know. Matt Lucas is coming and doing. <laughs> well, shooting stars just didn't yeah. want to. And get. there's variations of, you know, there's degrees of that. But some things are written quite specifically. Mm. Other things, you get the script and you go, I don't know what that means, really. So on the day, I'll ask, probably ask one of them, yeah. like, what, what am I doing? I don't really get it. But there is always yeah. a terrible moment where sometimes you do a thing and you look up Vicar Bob and look at you like, and you go, you I've, just know. Got, I've got this completely wrong. I don't know. I've <laughs> clearly misunderstood. <laughs> Yeah. But you can't yeah. take it to heart. Just have another go. Yeah. And you'll get there. Or the big one Bob always does, he come over with, uh, Tony, why don't you try it? Um, can you do uh, Geordie? Or can you, all right, no, I'm going to try it. He goes, no, Irish. And he'll just go through the accents. <laughs> until he goes, right, that one makes it a bit funny. Let's go with that. And you go, right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, there's nothing. There's no bad joke that can't be fixed with a good accent. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on Bang Bang. That was like, <laughs> the thing was just, what accent are we going to do? Yes. The next Vic and Bob show you're in is one that's it's largely forgotten nowadays, which was Monkey Trousers, oh, which yeah, was on yeah. ITV Saturday nights, I believe. Yeah, the all-star comedy show. I can't remember. Yeah, what, that was the pilot. Was called, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That uh, was good yeah. fun, actually. That was my pilot, first... It's a strange sketch you're in with your... Um, you're a man in a lift whose mum rings him and you, you answer the phone just to say, yes, mum, I'm still gay. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that sketch. <laughs> that was my first introduction to properly to Maidstone Studios, which was their base, has been, was their base oh, yeah. for some time. Um, yeah, that was good fun, that sketch. It's where I met my uh, my life partner ah. on, on that, well, around, and around that. Um, yeah, it was good fun, that, that. It was quite relaxed sort of come and go because they're always you always only ever have one thing to do um because yeah. you knew the next one was gonna be like matt berry or john thompson or coogan was in you know it was, yeah they've got a good cast on that that could have been a catchphrase tony what's that <laughs> <laughs> i'm still gay <laughs> that. i think that that's what we always hope every time we say anything it will be a catchphrase <laughs> not everyone's st- yeah I'm catchphraseless. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Life. All the kids in the playground the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was, was some good stuff. I think Matt Lucas did something similar on Little Yeah, Britain. I beat, did I beat <laughs> him? To, no. <laughs> you did the... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the radio series have gone time. by then. Yeah, yeah, let's let's say sure. you did. Let's say you did, Tony. <laughs> you did the Ablett Associates <laughs> sketches. Yes. Yeah, as the chef. A side note to that, Ablett, Rachel Ablett, um, one of the producers on that. That's why that's called Ablett Associates. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, we have an injury claim and a multi, yeah. multi-injury multi yeah. or minjury claim. Injury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quality stuff. But I did watch it. It is on YouTube. The episode of that with a commentary from Bob, which is a commentary they've done on DVD. 
And if I may, I'll um, read out what Bob says when you appear on the screen, Tony, if that's okay. Yeah, I think I heard um, this, but it was a long time ago. Oh, well, just it is Bob Mortimer's words, not my own. <laughs> Tony is a great big lovely lump with mm. panda's eyes. Yes. I can't tell if that's from an iodine deficiency or from a terrible beating he takes from his elderly relatives. I just don't know. <laughs> that is, uh, I do remember him saying, I remember the iodine bit. Uh, <laughs> really. <laughs> Um, yes, I mean it, it's it's the ID, not the relatives. If if you're interested, in the true answer. It's something we all dream of, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Bob saying something like that about you. <laughs> yeah, he gave us a nice little mention at the end of his book. Actually, it was really sweet. Um, oh yeah. Along with Lu- and then sort of a really lovely thing he says about Lucy as well. It's a good book, by the way. I'm sure you've both uh, devoured that. Yes, um, yes, yes. The first, the, the autobiography, yeah. And yes, yes, yeah, 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 the way, yeah. yeah. I remember as a, an office worker there. operating a photocopier oh, and it blows up as oh, you leave the room. She's killing off tents, so I, I think. Yeah, I did a load of other stuff that, once again, everyone, as always happens, that didn't see the light of day. I did, there's a whole run of these sketches I did with Moena where she plays a sort of Northern Irish child. It's quite oh, really? religious. I don't think they ever made it to the screen. And I was her, like her friend who she sort of torments. It's all written by Bob and each sketch I think slightly got overshadowed what she was saying because Bob had decided that in every sketch he wanted me to eat a giant pie in the back <laughs> of the shop. So as she was doing her whole bit, these pies were absolutely massive. And I just had to eat a whole pie. And she and his dream was I would take the last mouthful just as she finished <laughs> talking. So some of these things were longer than others. It's such a Bob thing. And it, when it worked, it did work really well. But sometimes I was like, I'm through, I can't eat behind quickly. This is quite short But I think, I don't know why they didn't end up being on. Maybe because Morena watched it back and went, this is just Tony eating a pie. Like, this is not. Um, but they didn't get on. But there was, I did another thing with Brian Murphy and Liz Smith. I can't remember what the, the gist of that sketch was. But there was loads of other stuff that didn't get used. Which that's, the, that's the thing about sketch shows. You, you, you lose so much. Yeah. You're working yeah. with some greats there, uh, with Liz Smith and Brian Murphy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, you don't always know what you can't... I can never remember what is in it and what isn't. So I always talk about these sketches and people go, I don't know what that was. Yeah. yeah. I probably didn't make it in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the chefs made the cut uh, and Liz Smith. <laughs> and um, there's deleted scenes on YouTube where you're a snail expert who crushes snails. I have no memory of it's that. It's sort of an Alan Titchmarsh <laughs> type character pushing a wheelbarrow. What? I have no memory of that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Check it out after. Maybe. I think every, it was, I think I do now remember. It was like on a little bit of grass near the entrance to yes, um, yeah. Maidstone Studios. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember. It's something like they, you release the snails and the narrator says, so is that the best bit of the job? And you say something, no, this is the best bit. And you just stamp on them, I believe. I do remember that now. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it made the DVD anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my tombstone, definitely made the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you may have seen him in these deleted scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of it, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> yeah. Bob called you back in 2010 for the Shooting Star series, I think Series 7, for a couple of cameos. Yeah. Well, that was a tricky one. That I was actually, what year was that? 2010. I was actually quite. It was 2010, yeah. At that point, yeah. um, but my I owed them a lot, and um, my girlfriend was producing that series, so right. I had to go back and do these mental. It was really good fun, but like I was genuinely, 
in the middle of doing some quite big films and TV shows <laughs> and stuff. And then I'd go, oh, I've got to go. Like people say, what are you doing tonight? I go, I'm going to go and be a man with a smelly finger on shooting stars or whatever. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing that for? They're, they're paying you well. No, they're not really paying me as such. But yeah, literally there was one, I can't remember the last series they did of shooting stars. It was a bit later than that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was one more after that. I, I was genuinely filming with Tom Cruise. Right. On a Tom Cruise movie for six months. And yeah. there was a row of weeks where I did leave and went to to uh, television centre and yeah I was and like I think I was dangling having dangling <laughs> my face by from Do Henry VIII like, well, yeah I was Henry VIII and stuff like that it was <laughs> yeah I um, loved it though I loved doing those little studio bits Sylvester so Stallone staring at a potato which is a fan- another fantastic performance <laughs> yeah that's another one that gets retweeted to me every yes. day I guess <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, literally, I think that was. I think that might have been a, a Tom Cruise film one. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed up as Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you must literally wake up every morning and pinch yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's just the, the career you've had has just been yeah, I mean, incredible. I think you get complacent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know what you mean. Um, it is a job, though. It's like, it will, once you get over that, over the excitement of meeting famous people and hmm. it, it, it is a job at the end of the day. So some things about it are really genuinely are fun, but there's no glamour there, really. Mm. It's mostly turning up at a car park at five in the morning and having someone <laughs> stick a beard on you and then, like, <laughs> go and stand in a cold field all day. And I suppose it is the most glamorous bit of the industry, but the industry as a whole, it's it's like quite, you know, it's 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 proper hard work. It's not coal mining, don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> Like, I'm not saying it's hard work so much in, as in it is a job. You know, it's mm. it's fun, exciting, but at the end of the day, you're there to do a job, and some jobs are more fun than others, obviously. I suppose you say one one week you could be working with international film stars like Tom Cruise and yeah, making yeah. Game of Thrones, and the next you yeah you could be dangling on the wire yeah. dressed as Henry VIII. Or, and I mean, all those things are fun in their own way, but weird like doing the Henry VIII stuff is the more fun that comes yeah. around less than other things. Yeah. I always get excited when Jim and Bob have got a live show of some description or an audience-based show. Because I always hope that I'll get yeah. a call to come and have some. Because also, you go and do it, it's normally something hilarious or something deeply embarrassing, and then you'll have a pint after when it's a live show like that. Yeah, You're Back in the green room and having a drink and a chat, it's fantastic. Um, uh, it's a good catch-up with your mates, I guess. Exactly, exactly, yeah. More and more, we all only see each other via work, really. We should, mm. All, mm. we should all meet up in... T- there is a thing where we all try and meet up at Christmas, but that's got quite sparse as the years have gone on. Yeah. <laughs> but around Christmas, we all meet at a pub in... I won't name the pub, otherwise everyone will turn up. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think it was set up by Paul and... Uh, by Charlie and Bob, who said, like, we've ne- you know, we don't drink all day anymore like we used to. <laughs> as everyone's got a bit older, that doesn't... But there's still a, there's still a strong group like um me and reese and i and uh charlie and and like paul coming uh dave cummings rather from uh fast show writers and and paul whitehouse and a whole bunch of different people all come i don't yeah. think bob's been to one for a while no yeah everyone lives, lives okay. too far away from each other yeah they all got families and things nowadays exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd say it, did, it definitely helped though starting at the age starting at 17 do you know what i mean mm. obviously kind of 
you know you're at a good age to sort of to meet this this network yeah i think i i mean it's it's a funny thing because we gave up we didn't go to university because charlie and bob told us <laughs> funny old thing i'm glad we didn't um it was good advice i think like they sort of said don't go why go off there if you want to do this you'll never get back here as quickly as you got here now Mm. and and also we assumed it was all going to be just get better and better and bigger and bigger and obviously we then had like five years of ups and downs and you have loads of time we're not not having any work and stuff so we still put our dues in, but we were very lucky. I feel very lucky at the beginning there. I yeah. feel like you can't, you don't stay lucky. I think you have to be good or mm. yeah. have something about you. You have to tell yourself that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that not only it's luck, combination of luck and like Bob and, and Charlie and, and, and Jim's kind of help and they're kind of mm. well no but there's obviously a bit of talent there as well <laughs> so neat, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? like, they're not idiots they're not going to just drag someone <laughs> no. who's rubbish you'd hope like that, what, what, that would, would benefit anyone would it it'd be like a weird social experiment <laughs> um yeah no they, 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 they i can think of some shows not <laughs> well yeah 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 yeah. But, like, you, yeah they give you it gives you confidence when someone like bob says no it's fucking funny like he genuinely and he'd laugh, like properly laugh at what we were doing. And you'd think, oh, this is amazing. This is great. It's a real confidence boost. It definitely yeah. helps when a year later someone's telling you you're not funny in a review or, you know, just generally you go, well, no, uh, I know a few people that disagree with you and I trust their opinion yeah. a bit more. And then yeah. sometimes you watch back that stuff. You go, no, I wasn't funny. They were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I know them a lot. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Bob's, Bob's well, a think... national uh, comedy national treasure. treasure. Yeah. He's a national treasure. He's a national treasure now. He's a national treasure now. So he is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it takes a lot to reach that status. He's become philosophical in his old age and yeah. more <laughs> relaxed. And no, it's great stuff he's yeah. doing now. There's a here's a relaxedness about Bob now that makes it's a different sort of Bob and it's really fucking funny. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I'm a fan of his podcast, him his uh, Athletic I mean. Oh, yeah. um yeah. and obviously yeah. like Wonderful. him on uh Would I Lie to You and stuff like that. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Um it's a good, it's a sort of, it's a, yeah, it is. It's a national treasure kind of. It really is. I mean, even just falling over on the shows he does with Paul. <laughs> oh, man. Every single episode he goes. Well, I don't think, uh, I don't think any of us realise the, the lack of confidence he had when you read his book to yeah. and think he's probably more comfortable in himself now being himself yeah. on yeah, these yeah. shows. Yeah. I think that comes with age. We all get a little bit more comfortable in our own skin, don't we? Also, the illness can really, like, mm. I don't know, it's not something you'd ever get into, but, you know, he, he, it's it's a big thing that I'm doing there. And then, and, and then Jim's got his art stuff, which is all absolutely brilliant. Oh, incredible. His Sky, his Sky incredible. Arts documentaries are so good. Um, yeah. And, well, I mean, I, I own, I've not got any in here, weirdly, but uh, throughout the house we've got loads of his paintings and drawings from over the years, and they're just wow. so good. Got this for my fortieth birthday. My girlfriend, my, my girlfriend's worked with him for years as well, so we know him very well. Pretty good, isn't it? Get a screenshot of that. I haven't got it on the oh. wall, so I'm not completely going yet. I just have it by my legs at all times. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I love his. I love it. I love Jim. He's so he's a beautiful man. Yeah, he doesn't stop working, does he? He's always every day. No, it's there's something like, new on I Instagram. Think... Some new picture. 
Uh, yeah, and it's it's all brilliant. It's all properly good. It's not. I'm so yeah. glad he embraced yeah. that and made it not a thing that he does as well. Lots of different yeah. things. What's really the thing? He could have gone down a totally different path, couldn't he? If he'd, mm. if he'd continue with the art mm. side of things, do you know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah, goldsmiths yeah. might never yeah. have happened, and no, know. absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. He would have. I don't think you can take it all that seriously, though. So I think it always veered towards comedy in the end. But there's definitely yeah. loads of famous yeah. artists that are. But it's comedy. <laughs> he just sort of admitted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got to be first... po-faced with a lot of art, but not with Jim's. Yeah, but they start art, art rock was a big thing, was it? An art art school rock. But do you think he was the first art comedian? Maybe I'm getting I'm getting too hmm. into it because I can't think of anyone before him that was I don't know, Spike. Spike maybe Spike Milligan. Was Spike Milligan was doing a lot. Of, yeah, was doing I a lot of think stuff. He was actually crackers. I think he that was something else. Yeah. I think people he, it looks like art. Yeah. I'm not sure he was going out there saying this is Dardaism. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. Jim might be one of the first yeah. people that kind of knew yeah. it as he was doing it. You know yeah. I mean? No, I think a lot of spikes yeah. he, you know was from all... when, when he was in the war. Yeah. Is that, yeah, his books are amazing. He's, oh, he's man, always, got... Jim's always incorporated right. art Incredible. in his work. Yeah, I mean, even down to the yeah the sketches on stage. So the last thing I think you did on TV with uh, Dick and Bob was House of Fools. Was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. That was good fun. Um, up in Manchester. What a cast. Yeah, brilliant. And everyone wanted to go and do it as well. I think also word got out that it was a laugh to go and do it. So everyone yeah. that got asked said, ah, oh, you go to Manchester for a couple of days. There's a boo- real boozy do after in yeah. the holiday in next door. <laughs> I think I did two episodes. I can't quite remember um, whether one of them did or didn't You're get in. Butcher oh. brother dancer. Yeah, yeah, with, with, Romesh, with uh, Romesh and Tom and, Davis, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a great routine. Yeah, that was a funny. Uh, we did like an audition. <laughs> I don't know why for Bob. I don't think anyone knew oh, really knew Tom and Romesh at that point. But obviously, they were only going to get us to do it. But mm. I think it was called an audition. But Bob wanted to see what we could do. So we kind of just, he basically, once again, it was, what voices can you do, lads? And I sort of went, I'm going to do a high voice. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Like, we all did a voice. Yes, yeah, right. And I, I remember coming out and like Romish and Tom are both proper stand-ups. Like they live for the laugh. And they were like, I don't know. Is it worth it? Really don't worry about it. And also, if the audience don't yeah. laugh at anything you do, please don't worry. Because they only ever laugh at Jim and Bob. That's all they're here for. So yeah. it, it will work in the edit. <laughs> well, they were like, oh, we're dying out there. But it's not your show. Like, it doesn't, you'll be all right. I can't remember yeah. the other thing I did on was. I was like a customer. You, there was a whole bit that was cut. You were, you wrestle mm. um, in the last episode. I think you're in exactly the same costume as the Butcher Brother. I forget why you're wrestling. I think you're wrestling Jim. He, right. In the bistro set. There is, a, I think, a big long setup to that that was all cut where I, Hoover attacks me. All cut. It was a big long thing. Yeah, I didn't it was all it. cut. It didn't. <laughs> didn't remember it all. So I think it ends up being I'm just a customer, or like you say, like I'm wrestling, yeah. or for some reason you don't really know yeah. why. Yes, I think there was a reason, and it just was all cut out, <laughs> and it involved Dan Skinner and a Hoover. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like, oh, what's he doing there still? But it was a completely yeah. different. Like it was a whole <laughs> other thing that just got cut out. Um, that yeah. was good fun. That show. Matt's fucking oh, great series. And the cast is, like you say, extraordinary. Oh, you God, think what yeah. Eddie's gone on to do now with Tash and stuff. And they're really good. They are good at spotting people. They really are. 
like the, what we do in the shadows. The Morgana thing mm. is just oh yeah, man, yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, mm. yes. It's um, um, I wish they'd done more of it. I think it deserved another series, but there could be, I think, there could be, could be something in there because they did. Be, they went back to Big Night Out, didn't they? After which was also brilliant. I didn't get to be on that one because they got the magnificent Vaughn to cover all yes. the <laughs> famous people in the world. <laughs> yes. The man of many faces. Yeah, yeah. Get well soon, Vaughan. He's not well at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we've spoken to Vaughan and he's, he's oh, up for it, so hopefully, when, he, yeah, when he's yeah. better. Yeah, he's a lot yeah. of Yeah, so, I mean, so looking back at all the stuff you've done with Jim and Bob, do you have a favourite, mm. a favourite role, a favourite ca- sort of character out of um, all the ones that you've, all the ones you've done? I said, I mean, I genuinely loved doing the man with the rocket up the ass, and that's so early on. But it was just like this is just a laugh. Superb. This is so silly. It's like you don't see it coming. You just get to dance around. I was dancing around with Jim and Bob in one of their songs. My favourite things used to be their opening songs on big on like and the yeah. ending songs. They were my favourite. Some of my favourite bits. And the get out of bed song was one of my. What me and Reese used to just watch it over and over and over. Um, so to be in one of those, a dream. So probably might be that, you know. I genuinely, the, the parts all meld into one. I do find it very hard because I, as yeah. I say, you always feel about 20 more that no one ever sees. So yeah, <laughs> quite hard to, I quite enjoyed that one, the Rocket one. It was like a first thing I'd ever done that was a big kind of song and dancey kind of thing as well. Yeah. Although in fact, I'm clearly not doing it. <laughs> it's sort of like the anti-song and dance. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's got a little special place in my heart, that one. And all of that time, that time there on, on uh, Bang Bang was mm. pretty, like for us, eye-opening. Um, yeah. Because we'd done the Fast Show a bit and looked at that. And this was like, ah, oh, this is, they were at their height. They were huge at that point. Yeah. Uh, Jim and Bob, they were doing adverts and this and that. And they had about six shows on the go. And they were being asked to do, I think it wasn't long after that, they did um, Families at War. Yeah, that was a good record. Mm. I went to the record of the first one of those. So friends, I think maybe Steve Bird was in it. I can't remember. Was he? This, there was like they I did the spider in the water boatman thing. I think there was maybe it was the pilot. I think Steve might have been one of them. I can't remember now. As I say, it blurs into one. But that was that was fun. I remember always being really excited that they got on BBC One. Like, this is how it's happened. The revolution, yeah. and they were quickly shoved back on. And there are some episodes on, on YouTube. Yeah, you watch I it back YouTube now. You think, how did this get on? How did this get on to BBC <laughs> yeah. One Prime Time? Because it's just yeah. Well, you say that. I mean, what the fuck is Mister Blobby? <laughs> Mister Blobby is the most reasonable of a thing, really. Yeah. Like Noel's house party. I know they did their version of it, but like actually, weird program. Like it's yeah. actually when you think yeah. about Noel's house party, anything could get on BBC One. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He didn't have. Yeah, he didn't have the. Was it the water boatman and the spider? <laughs> That's right, yeah. It was literally like you dropped acid and you just... Yeah, yeah. The, I remember just turning up and the long-time producer, Lisa Clark, said, oh, hello, she was there. Um, and we sort of chatted. And then I looked at the screen and went, what the fuck? This is amazing. This is, I thought it was a game show. Yeah. Is- yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us anything, Tony, if you know anything about the glove? Uh, I could tell you, uh, I'm I'm waiting. I'm whenever they want to film it and wherever they film it, I will be there when they tell me. But apart from that, I I read the script. It's really funny, um, but I, yeah. I I just wait. I'm waiting. I'm signed on to it, as are loads of other people. 
but I don't have him with him. <laughs> so, yeah, there were there were photos yeah. circulating, weren't there? Table read-throughs and things. Yeah, I did one a long time ago mm. uh, for that as well. Yeah, uh, you can't hold much stock with read-throughs like yeah. people that are doing them because people mm. come and go. But um, I hope it does happen. I think it was going to happen. Um, I can't remember when it was going to happen, but it's it's sort of I've signed a contract. So. Oh, it's been talked about for years yeah. now, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. On your your group, Matt, which I'm a member of your uh your Vic and Bob group. Um but someone did someone find like something from a fan club yes, from like eighty nine or something. The, um, yeah, I've got the fan club. Yeah, I've got the fan club newsletters and back in right. which Jack Dent used to run. And back in nineteen ninety three, it's one of the uh, stories is next year Vic and Bob hope to have a feature film going into production. Yeah. And Thirty years right. later we getting a little bit closer <laughs> they're tricky films they're really hard um they were just waiting for the right cast it's cast and money it's always about waiting for it's so yeah. films are so odd it's all about and if thing if things don't it's all about it's so boring i'm not going to get into film funding <laughs> i'm not going to go into it it's just yeah. tricky funding <laughs> films is tricky it's all about timing and who's yeah. available when and then when if they're not the funding falls through and it's back to square one that's just the and that's like every film, yeah. unless it's a major studio making. Oh man, they could crowdfund it. They could, they could so easily crowdfund I know, it. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean it's. A, I? it's a, I think maybe they wouldn't. I don't know if they think. I mean, I think they get the money straight away, but I yeah, don't know, I think that's yeah. a bit beneath them. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, some people don't like to go down that road, do they? they yeah, and no. also they. Like, I'm a bit short this month, Paula. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, Jim Jim did some crowdfunding on his for his one of his books or I for the books the yeah. unbound books yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's quite a common thing now mm. I think the um and I I always go unbound is different I think to kickstarting yeah kickstarter can be yeah. a little bit beggy I think especially when there's no mm. reward at least unbound you know you're getting a book yeah yeah at the end of it if you kickstart a movie and I, I don't I, I'm going to get myself in trouble but I, I'm not against kickstarting a movie but you don't get anything for it you get a movie the movie gets made do you know what i mean it's a tricky one yeah i think that they maybe th- they might think i don't know what i'm i'm, I'm up for crowdfunding yeah. if there's a reward for the crowdfunder yeah but some crowdfunding things like they say i won't name it but there's a local place near me that are trying to crowdfund to get their this thing open and going and one of the crowdfunding options like it's 20 quid for a tote bag and this and that and then like, yeah, yeah. one of them is like eight grand and i'm saying i think and you get your name on the wall and this and that. You go, and then I'm a business partner now. I'm a shareholder. Like, it's mad. But I suppose if there's like a rich yeah. fan, they want to just do it. But it won't be just funding. It'll be so. Yeah. I, it, it's it's not just that. As things go on and on. But um, yeah, I'm ready to go. No, but if you've got money to piss off a wall, do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. But I'm genuinely, I'm ready. I'm ready to go whenever they start filming. I'm there. I'd love to see the part. I'm Fingers crossed. I can't, I can't see it. It's only small. But it's genuinely mm. just me looking at my face and telling you the part I'm. <laughs> the phone, the phone would literally start ringing. <laughs> Tony, what have you done? Yeah, I hope we get to do it. It was supposed to be. But it seems to be a new story every year. day. Yeah, with Jim is saying this that uh, this would be their swan song. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure, they'll do something else. But they've both got like full-on separate careers now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be amazing if they do a podcast together. But I don't know. It might be a bit of a watered down version of what they can do they mm. they work better with production Jim and mm. Bob. they like yeah. stuff happening and you know yeah i think you're right 
Yeah. It would be fucking hilarious though, because like I've, he's you, you must listen to Jim and Jules uh, podcast. Yeah. He's a good podcaster, Jim, as well as Bob. Um, I don't yeah, know. I'd like to. See well, if they ever wanted to dig out any of the old characters, Kinky John or Chris and yeah, Carl yeah. or the Stotts, yeah. then a podcast might be the way for them That's to do true. it. That's true. That's true. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even all the, the voices that that uh, Bob does yeah. on Atletico Mints. Just incredible. Yeah. Some of the, the songs that yeah. country yeah. songs he's coming Scottish out. Scottish Tales. Scottish Tales, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Peter Beardsley and <laughs> and he's literally there chopping the, every single voice. <laughs> with a different voice for each character. It's the effort he puts in as well though, because not got many people a put that Dick in. and Bob character, by the way. Yeah, I used to do all the stots. Yeah. Um John Fowler's up there as well. In fact, yeah. the whole um Yes. You know who I really loved? And he, it was it was um Tom Fun before he got reused. <laughs> it was only such a small part early on. Yeah. And I remember me and Reese talking to them and saying, Oh, we should do more Tom Fun. I don't think it was down to us, but then they did a run of it on Bang Bang. <laughs> John Craven as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love John Craven in Smurfing yes. <laughs> into a Dalek. When the Stotts the Stotts interviewed Sting and now Sting uh, yeah, is obviously in is in Geordie Heat, so you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> With his massive house and his massive drive. Well, thank you very much, Tony. That was fantastic. Oh, you're very welcome. Anything anything exciting coming up soon? Or? I've, got, I've just done a big film. I can't talk about it. I'd love to see <laughs> that must be a story of your life, Tony. Yeah, it's you not a huge that. part, but it's a good it's exciting. It's experimental but big. Big stars. Yeah. Even if I started I'm gonna have to do a whole other podcast to explain the premise of the film it's mental but tiny part in that um what else have i done not yeah not that i've got a card that i look after now that's what home, home set home set america set uh filmed in england set in america that gives oh. you nothing that's everything now it's not a ken loach no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, I, as I say, even if I started describing it, you'd never guess because it's so weird. Um, yeah. Oh, it's like you were saying about the whole Dodger thing earlier. Do you know what I mean? Everyone loves an urchin, don't they? Do you know what I mean? They, they certainly do. Yeah. I've got to say a big shout out to Lenny as well for winning all the awards. Uh, he's absolutely little Lenny Rush. He's, um, yes. He's winning he's everything and he's so, oh, he's so funny. Incredible. He's little broom. Yeah, yeah. I met him at the comedy. I saw him at the comedy awards the other day, and I was like, "He just, he really deserves it because he's so good. He steals every scene, not just in Dodger, but in you know everything he's in." Again, he's very young, isn't he? He's still thirteen. Yeah, he's still at school. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, yeah. Oh god, I had seventeen. I thought I was doing well. And he's, well, no, but he obviously heard your story. <laughs> he obviously heard your story about being seventeen. I thought, right, well, I need to, yeah. I need to get in there even earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, Tony way. Dodger. I need to get in there earlier and start at thirteen. <laughs> You know? But comedy fans, Dodger's a big one because everyone in it's like there's loads of comedy people in that, especially in yeah. the specials recently. Lots of good cameos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots yeah. of people from the gang. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tony. It's been yeah, it really was quite a boast. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good luck with it. Thank you all for listening to this edition of Quite a Boast. Special thanks to Matt Lucas for permission to use the Peanuts music as our theme tune and thanks to Ed Lewis for this edit. Thank you to Jake Chesham for permission to use the photo from his 1995 shoot of Jim and Bob in our various online locations for the podcast. 
And of course, thank you very much to Jim Moyer and Bob Mortimer, without whom this podcast, well, it just wouldn't exist, would it? Remember to check out Paula's Divine Comedians podcast as well and to join the Reza Mortimer Depository of Curious Stuff Facebook group. And I think you'll agree that really was a lot of fun. Goodbye. <laughs>